So, hi, how you doing? My name is Daniel Dua, and I trust and hope that you're well. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Kenyan Stories. In full disclosure, I met my guest today at her live concert when that was still a thing, a fantastic, wonderful concert. I'd never met her before that. Being in this very curated audience, amazing audience, even though it was my first time, I really connected with her music and her performance and the stage presence and how eloquent she was. After the event, I reached out to her and it didn't take a lot of doing to get her to do this podcast. Again, we did this when that was still a thing. In full disclosure, since we did this recording, the world changed and concerts, I, I don't know if you've been to a concert lately. I haven't been to a concert. In fact, I've been suffering cabin fever and which reminds me of people like Bon Jovi, which I used to watch when I was a kid, and and then that really brought, brought me peace and, and serenity. Without further ado, is that how you say it? Do we still say that? Is that still a thing? This is my conversation with Baraka, an amazing artist. What else can I say? Here presenting Baraka. And we're rolling. Baraka, I met you at, at your concert recently mm-hmm. at um, Alliance Concerts. Alliance. Yeah. It was my first interaction with your music. Mm. So please, let's start an introduction and just probably tell us who Baraka is. That's a very large question, I feel. <laughs> who is Baraka and what is she about? Um, well, I'm a human woman, <laughs> um, a musician. Um, but lately I'm trying to expand my definition of who I am um, to be more than just what I do. So, because um, I, I believe that like we're all more than what we do. In fact, you can, you're so valuable even when you're just lying down. <laughs> like You have so much potential. So, yeah, I, but I, like, I love music and that's my form of like expression. And the goal of my music is to help people, or at least help myself transcend through, yeah, through music, like um, really addressing things that I feel are um, are blockages, like energy blockages in my brain. Like if I can't stop thinking about it, I have to write a song about it. And if I constantly like um, receiving that message from like the world around me, I'll, I'll have to write a song about it. So yeah, that's my thing, I guess. How, how did you get to music? Because some of us, we had grandfathers who played music. And yeah. We had to call them and Yeah. And fathers who did. How, how, what's, what's your journey to music? Um, I started very early in life. Um, when, when I was learning like um, how to speak English and like just how to speak in general, uh, my mom, my mom used to sing me songs, and um, I used to turn all the songs in these, like you know, those children's books you read. I used to like turn all the like chapters into like songs, so it would make it more easier for me to understand. And I remember like the, my, I have an elder brother and sister, and like we're very very close. Um, so like growing up, the, there's a point where they went to boarding school, and I was left all alone. Oh man, I'm just like really bored. So what I used to do in lieu of playing with my brother and sister was like I'd pretend I'm like doing a concert and like get up on stage and like do a little concert, you know. 
Um, and I've constantly had that image in my mind since I was a child, that image of me like on stage performing um, to music that I've like, written. So um, when I was in, yeah, so it continued kind of like that until I got to like um, primary school where I had a really awkward phase <laughs> where I didn't really, I'm not kind of, I don't like being like the center of attention, which is quite a weird place to be as a creative, like, because um, as a performer, like your, your point is to be the center of attention. But I've never quite been so comfortable being the center of attention. So early in school, I, um, like I used to pretend to be really bad at music, so no one would like like pick on me, like or like the teachers wouldn't be like you, Baraka, go do this because you're good at music. I just like stand on the radar, you know. Um, then after a while, like um, because I was doing really bad in, in music, like um, the teacher was like, yo, we're gonna make you do like after class, after school classes, and I was like, not about that life. I'm not about to stay late after school. Like that is my special private time to play with my sister and my brother like I don't need I don't need to be in school after like you know after hours so I immediately just started like doing well at music so that like I wouldn't have to like stay behind at school and I found that it didn't make me the center of attention which is like it made it just gave me a way to express myself that was I know that's my little bubble scratcher <laughs> if I hold it it's like uh, what do you know? Um, yeah, so 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 they leave the house, the performing concert. Yeah, for yourself. Yeah, for myself. Have, to to fill in the time. Yeah. So how 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 do you get from performing concert for yourself? And my teddy bears. Yeah, and your teddy bears <laughs> to performing for massive audiences. To be honest, like I still I'm still in that place where I perform, like my first audience is like my teddy bears and then my siblings and then like the the, the big stage. So, there's Harold, there's Uncle Brian, who's also has a namesake that's my puppy, a real dog. <laughs> and then so there's Harold, Uncle Brian and Pierre. Pierre is so cool, he's like wears boxers and shades and he's just like sitting there like judging me. He's like um, Simon Cowell of the of the panel. But he's really like he has really constructive things to contribute. So yeah, those are my teddy bears, my first audience. Okay. And, then, and, then your and then there's my siblings, that's Hepzibah and Philip, that's my second audience. Um, my human audience, yeah. my first human audience. And your parents? Um, strangely enough, I, uh, I find it really hard to like sing to my parents, because um, they've been quite conservative in the past. Like They're not very conservative now, because um, all my family are like weirdos, mad weirdos, so my oh, parents... When you say conservative, you mean? Um, they've been very... Uh, it just their views of um, of life, they always thought that I should be like a gospel singer, a Christian artist. Um, and I don't deny that um, there's a huge element of spirituality to my music. And in fact, my whole life sure, is... Thank you. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you should be proud of that, but um, yeah, like the, the spiritual aspect of it is very important. Um, but it's been very hard to express that to my parents in the past. But now they're getting like more... They're more like relaxed about it. Um, my dad was actually at the show and on... And I saw him immediately after the concert jumps up 
middle eight man jumps yeah. up and comes gives you a big hug yeah. after your performance it's my daddy he like you know my parents have I think it's been actually just a mental hang up that I have had um, being afraid to share with them what I do because um, they've always been so supportive like my mom again I was telling you she's the first person who used to sing with me and used to make all these weird songs together and then my dad like when I decided I wanted to, to go forward with this music thing and go full professional, um, I wanted to study music, um, like a full power course abroad, you know, like fancy college. And my dad like straight up was just like, cool, like no prop, you know? And not a lot of parents, African parents especially, would be totally cool with their daughter. Terms are changing. They're really changing. Yeah. And yeah, the times are really changing. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad for that and I'm so like thankful for their support um, and I'm slowly learning to let go of my own like egoic hang-ups concerning sharing with them what I do because I do know that they're not um, just because they have their views doesn't mean that they're um, they're not dynamic or that they don't understand things on a very very like crazy level um, like my parents are highly intelligent and so like intuitive and very very spiritual in fact they're the reason I am the way I am what are, what are some of those values that are impacting you yeah. just in general life and then probably you bring them into their heart mm. yeah what are those values first things first my dad always told me like um, not to um, go along with the, what other people think cool or whatever just to like be my own person and do my own thing um, they always like uh, want me to think for myself like my dad always told me to think for myself like uh, I went to like pretty basic like school system like everybody like you know you're taught to think in a certain way yeah. and write in a certain way and my parents are always like you know I'd go to school and be like um, I'd wear like a Che Guevara t-shirt I remember once I wore a Che Guevara t-shirt and I was going to this American school and they, they were like, you know, like you're not allowed to wear that in school. Like that guy's a terrorist. They made me like change. And I was like, Che Guevara, like yeah. what the hell? Yeah. So and I you went think that that would never happen because we have such different kind of freedoms. Mm -hmm. And we thought, I mean, I was part of that revolution. Yeah. We have certain freedoms that the rest of the world haven't gotten yeah. in touch with. And, and coming from Nairobi, mm -hmm. Kenya, and schooling, which school did you go to? I went to lots of schools. I, went, I yeah. moved schools a lot, but yeah. mainly I went to the school called Rusinga in, yeah. um, in Lavington area, like yeah. Kangari and the other. Yeah. And then um, I graduated from the school called West Nairobi in okay. Karen, yeah. Okay. And then for, 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 for your studies in music? Uh, for university, I went to George Fox University in the States, in Oregon. Okay. And they have like, an amazing music program. Um, that yeah, it was like a liberal arts Christian college. So they also had a bit, just like a, a bit of that conservatism um, in that community. Um, so I like I always find myself like um, kind of contesting that like um, like kind of placid view of life. Like things shouldn't always you shouldn't be like content because the world is so messed up. There's so many problems to face. Yeah. So it, I always find it really weird when I go to a place and people are so content and they um, they just um, they think in just one kind of everybody thinks in the same way like I'm like you need this not one guy who's like wait 
what did you say? You know, like just question, like have a question. Yeah. So, like, but, it, but it is actually that challenge. Uh, exactly. Point. That 100%. Like, art is where I get to um, ask all the questions and um, be a complete, like, insurrectionist, where normally I'd, I'm, like, quite nice and kind. And I, I, like, I don't want to make people, like, I, I am like that, like, because I was raised in a conservative culture, like, um, I find myself like I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But when I sit down to do music or when I'm on stage, it's like this thing comes over me that's like, yo, we need to fuck shit up. <laughs> so um, I would describe my like my life, my like philosophy of life as true punk. Like I believe in true punk. Like um, that you should if you see something that needs to get done like do it yourself build it like build this life the life that you you think the world should be like you should build that yourself and I think that we should say what needs to be said we shouldn't like hide our true self um, yeah like freedom of expression basically. and that punk is showing because I mean we've been sitting here for a bit of a while mm -hmm. for a short while and everybody just the attention that you're getting I mean people walking on the road and they just like Yo, yeah. hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that too. Yeah. It's part of life. Yeah. So what what are some of the similarities that you've gotten from playing for your dogs here and going to a proper liberal art school yes. in the States? And then what are the gaps that you've come back to mm -hmm. in the Kenyan music industry mm -hmm. Kenyan music scene because I don't feel like we have an industry yet. Yeah. But what what are those similarities mm. yeah. Similarities, I would say, um, like the the focus and attention to practice and the details. Um, Kenyan musicians are very detail oriented, and they're so so like whoa, like incredible. I don't think I've seen musicians so like proper anywhere I've traveled in the world. Um, so I find that like quite uh, like. Um, every, like I find that's a common thing, a common theme. Like musicians, uh, we have a very strong like culture of practice. We encourage each other to practice. Um, also, the spirit of collaboration is a thing that I've noticed. Like globally, as artists, like there's no way you can do anything without like collaborating. That's the only way we get ahead. So um, I, I find that's a very like great like a huge similarity um i'd say disparities first things first i would say kenyan musicians are some of the best musicians i've ever experienced in my life is that um, a biased opinion it's i don't think it's a biased opinion because like i never really knew how to classify myself like um uh, or identify because i've been raised in such a global kind of community you know I, I travel a lot, um, went to like school everywhere in the world, and so I'm kind of a global citizen. And so I, I found it very difficult to describe myself specifically as a Kenyan musician, um, and like be, feel feel safe in that identity. Um, a lot of times I've even felt like in, um, like subpar because I didn't, I don't have the same training as. Kenyan musicians, I have like more of a classical background yeah. and Kenyan musicians have this like improvisational like very, it's very technical, very like, um, it's, it's very dynamic, it's like very 
true like in the moment like um, like this genius that comes out of the moment and it's like um, everywhere else I, I travel like there's this huge like, of course everywhere there's an emphasis on practice but it's like you have to do the performance like practice and it's like um, it, it has to it's be a very linear material. project yeah it's very linear yeah. but um, here I found that like every time you play it's different when you're like working with a Kenyan band like yeah. every time you play it, it's gonna be different and it's gonna be cool and it's going to like have this like energy um so, I worked with one of the one of the uh, most famous Kenyan jazz artists yeah. for a while, yeah. and he was trained classically yeah. in classical music. Yeah. Then he came to to jazz, yeah. and he liked the freedom to improvise yeah. and to put African tunes into them. Yeah. And he used to play at all these jazz festivals, mm-hmm. and the the reaction mm-hmm. and the engagement was just totally different. Yeah. And and, and we have this thing of what is Kenyan music. Mm. Should we be asking what elements of the music is Kenyan? What are we bringing? Mm. Because asking what Kenyan, setting a tune for yeah. us, that's a difficult thing, just like fashion, not yeah. fashion. But saying what element mm. in the fashion in the world yeah, in the Kenyan. It's true, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah, because I would say like, yeah, we have, there's something so special about Kenya. Um, everywhere, every time I travel, I'm like, I just want to go home. <laughs> like, I just want to be home. I, like, there's something about this place that's so special. It's like a special masala yeah. that, like, you can't find anywhere else. And so I find that Kenyan art has that, like, um, you can tell, like, that's by a Kenyan artist, that's a Ke- by a Kenyan musician. It doesn't have to be a certain accent or... Um, or like you have, you don't have to use a certain phrase to communicate the energy of like Kenyanness. Um, I found that a lot also in my classical training when I when I um, uh, the things I choose to perform and the pieces that I um, I choose were often very like <laughs> yeah would carry this flavor this African flavor. At first, like I'd had to do like the the set pieces and I would really found them boring singing German and like uh, Italian and it's, it's interesting I mean it's like it's, it's something classic. new it's something yeah. different yeah. but it just didn't have this like like this thing that punches you in the gut you know it didn't like have this poignancy that I seek when I when I when I'm um, when I'm doing music well so eventually I found like this a Cuban composer called Javier Monsalvage and it changed everything like it, um, I suddenly like the music made sense like um, I started doing better in school my recitals were like really tip top you know so I think what, what about Javier that just brought you to this this, country, to, mm. to this place of well, his music was, it wasn't about like, oh, I'm a German girl in love, or oh, I'm an Italian boy who's uh, going through adolescence, which are really normal things, like, those people exist, yeah. but this music was about, like, black people, and like, um, it was about revolution, it was about, um, it was about, like, domestic, uh, like, the domestic lives of African people, and I could relate to that more, like, it, I, it made more sense because I could relate to that. So I, I, I've seen revolution. I've like, um, I've lived in a like I live African households. I am an African. So, 
um, I could relate a lot more. And I think when you can when you can relate to like your art, um, like what you're saying about the empathy, empathetic empathy mapping. Empathy mapping like if you can relate to like what you're what you're creating, then it makes more sense. It becomes more natural. It um, it communicates um, like in a more natural way instead of just being like oh flat like what are you saying yeah so I think that relatability is something that's really important when it comes to um, at least for myself in my personal work but I also because I think it provides this inspiration um, but um, yeah you can never you can never know if something truly relates to the listener um, and so that's always just a gamble you're just like I'm just gonna throw this out there and hope that somebody catches it <laughs> yeah and to go to uh, to go back to empathy mapping is just a process of of doing stuff mm. or creating stuff and just uh, for me for example in my poetry man work uh, in these things I start with who's the audience who am I talking to yeah. then bring my experience to that yeah. first of all your, your concept was very interesting mm-hmm. you were playing a guitar and, and your drama Ariji Napa check him out he's incredible he's from Congo he's literally so incredible what what, what is it Oh, and, and by the way, we are out in the field, so there's a lot of yeah. uh, The planes are flying, Nairobi is happening, I mean, yeah. in, it's a town that never sleeps. Yeah. So, so far, so your concert's amazing. You're playing guitar, you're singing, and, and then you'll be drama with Fariji, right? Tell us about that part. How did you come, well, how did you come about How did you come about that concept? I'm losing my words. Yeah, uh, the concept of that concert specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been traveling for quite a while, like maybe since August around Kenya. I've been trying to look for new inspiration for my music, and also just find a new confidence uh, performance-wise. Because um, I felt for a long time that my sound was very like my sound was too far out, you know. But then that's like an ego talking. Like people are smart. People like know what they like know like. Um, they, they have such a wide understanding of music so um, yeah I was trying to get myself to a place where I'm comfortable with what I what my sound is not trying to conform to any other person's sound and harness that uniqueness and like kind of explode it um, so um, yeah I was in Lamu for like three weeks in November Oh, October, this is November. In, yeah, in October, I was in Lamu. I was all alone for like, um, yeah, I was like all alone for all the weeks on this island called Kipungani. And um, I had this, like, a lot of realization of exactly how I wanted to create my music and how I wanted to communicate this sound. So, the main thing that I realized I want to, again, communicate is true punk. And um, for a long time, I have a very like folk music background. Um, I've done like yeah, like folk music and country music for quite a while. I feel very comfortable there. So I was like, how do I merge these two things? And um, yeah, like uh, it. So I tried to come up with like a folk punk kind of show. Um, Fariji and I um, we met in Kilifi like last year and like it's so funny he saw me and he's like that girl I gotta like 
play a show with this girl. And I also saw him and I was like, this guy is too sick. He plays guitar and he sings and he's so amazing. Um, this was actually his first time playing percussion and he killed it, yeah. right? We yeah. killed it. And that, what was that thing he was playing? He was playing, um, he was playing two djembes and a, a cajon. Yeah. So he, uh, it's like a soundboard. It's like ply, the cajon is like plywood. That's all um, kind of arranged inside and different points of resonance yeah it's quite an interesting kind of drum but yeah so we've, uh, after we did uh, that show together in Kilifi um, I started doing this art residency uh, creative art residency called Suturu um, it's an art exchange program between France and Kenya and um, eventually Fariji got involved and so he like yeah he got involved in Suturu so we started like um, performing together, like I do background vocals for him, and he do for me, and he play guitar for me, and I play for him. So we had this relationship going, and um, then he moved into my apartment. So like we became housemates, and it made things so much easier. So when I got called to do this show, I was like, uh, obviously like um, Fariji's like good to go. He's gonna do um, well. I looked for a few percussionists, and it was kind of difficult. So I was like, Fariji, like. What can we do about this? And he's like, I'll play for you, fam. So we practiced, and he really under like I'm listening to the. I've been looking at the footage from the concert, and I realized that he's so um, he really got the idea that I was trying to bring across this folk punk um, mix. Uh, so like, yeah, it, it's like a mixture. That show came about as a mixture of inspiration and improvisation, and um, just a need for like true expression and confident expression. Fergie really like created space for me to do that. So I'm so I'm literally so thankful for him. He's such a beautiful soul. You have to meet him. You literally you, and his story is insane. Because yeah. he's like, you know, he's born and raised in Congo. Yeah. Um he just moved to Kenya recently because of like all the Congo like craziness that happened. Yeah. So he um, like he has crazy stories. He'd be telling us like, yo, I have this really funny story. She's like, so funny, Garaka. Um, one day, you know, um, when I was in high school, we heard people just like uh, some commotion outside. Kumbe was like uh, was like rebels. They came with very funny day because we all ran. There were books everywhere, and I'm like, bro, that sounds like the post apocalypse. <laughs> like that does not sound like fun. But yeah. he's like a very interesting character. Like his view on like what is like he has this joy for life because he's seen so much bullshit so like his view on what sucks and what's like actually actually sucks yeah. is quite interesting like it makes and, me realize, and, and, yeah. and that's, that's an interesting thing because mm-hmm. I wanted to put in collaboration but mm-hmm. now that you brought that we, we are living in a very different Kenya today mm-hmm. I mean you find the generation that's going now their view of what sucks mm-hmm. is very different from not even a generation ago, yeah. like five years ago. Yeah, literally. Ago. Literally, stuff is really strange. <laughs> uh-huh. Not having that on your phone is... That sucks, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Then yeah. not having food, because yeah. we, we're not dealing with issues of not having yeah. food, we're dealing with issues of connectivity. Like, yeah. you don't have that on your phone, you're going crazy, you lose yeah. your mind. Mm-hmm. Living in that kind of world and going through this transition, and, and I want to I want to bring that also to how do you collaborate mm-hmm. and, and how do you write your music in that kind of setup? Because we live in a world uh, in a country that's changing so fast, and and, and of course it's not perfect. We, we have the rich and the poor. The gap is really growing, but 
at the same time, you think about uh, your drama and, and the percussionists and your influence. They are having, they're coming from a very different world that we will never know. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But then also, you're coming from a world where I feel like we have a lot of privilege. That's the word. How do you exist in this world, mm-hmm. those many worlds? Because you're not yeah. living in only in Nairobi, even within Nairobi there are all this yeah. stuff. And then you, you have the influence from, from, from your schooling and, and your travel all over the world. And then you have somebody who is coming from this. Yeah. And then now you have to collaborate and create mm-hmm. art. How do you survive in that world? How do you create stuff in that world? You know, I recently um, listened to this podcast from Oprah. I love Oprah. Yes. Super Soul Sunday. She was um, talking to this um, this lady. What is her name? She like Elizabeth Gilbert, um, who wrote the book Eat, Pray, Love. Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she was um, she was also um, addressing the 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 issue of empathy, and she has this uh, mantra. Where she, when she can't understand other people or when she's frustrated with somebody else, she says, just like me, you know, that person is such a dick. Okay, wait, just like me, though. So, um, I really, like, that's uh, something that's very... Um, I've, I've been raised to kind of think in that way. My parents are always like, yo, you're not... You're not, um, like, recognize where you are, but, like, you shouldn't be afraid to, like, go out and, like interact with people because just because you have what you have like your things are not who you are what you do is not who you are and so it's always for me it's important to 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 get to the 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 root of who you are um who are you yeah who am i i'm an like i'm a spiritual being i'm like i'm the ultimate creator the supreme like godhead um, and you are too. It's just that we have this, um, this. We live in this world, world of an illusion. Like we have so many clothes. Our body is one of those clothes that um, is. It's, it's well, not your body, but I think your senses. A lot of time, our senses yeah. um, disconnect us from the truth that we actually like. So like powerful. And so when I, Rumi has this quote. She says, when. Um, when you receive a gift, don't look at the gift, look at the giver. Yes. Like, um, when you can actually look into a, 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 um, yeah, into somebody's, um, connect with somebody on a personal level rather than like what you have or what you do. Again, like, empathy for mapping. Yeah, empathy mapping. Yeah. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. And you, talk, you talked about uh, gods mm-hmm. and goddesses. And... Um, for, for very many years, I've I've done doc- documentaries and kind of things, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to do one documentary that's eluded me for a really long yeah. time on Nairobi women. Yeah. And and it's, it's eluded me for a while. But then uh, we lost our mom, and uh, I have a new book that's coming out on just women in Nairobi. Wow. And, and the quotes are these Greek goddess yeah. quotes. And then there's the Kenyan saying, and yeah. the one I like the most is this girl just sitting there, and down there is written. Boss lady, Kenyan yeah. saying. Yes, that's awesome. Boss lady, that's yes. it. Yeah, that's totally it. I feel like if all of us can like really exist in that that truth of our excellence, 
like we're not competing with anyone else like because we are just one connected consciousness like allowing ourselves to express the most like express ourselves in the most like um incredible way um when I was in Kupungani, I'd like I I've come up with this new um, routine in life where these days I wake up like with the sun and I go to sleep like at a normal time. I used to like really do full power this entertainment business like no sleep. <laughs> but I'm trying to be more like in tune with nature and like be more like connected. So um, like looking watching the sunrise from the ocean every morning, I looked at that and I was like, yo, like that's like sun is just being the sun it's not like oh, today i'm going to put on this makeup and like it's just like bro i'm doing my duty i'm just waking up being the sun and personally for many years mm. i believe the best ones are the bright was at three o'clock in the morning but then when you sleep now I'm, I, as you grow older i'm coming to a realization that my best works are when i'm relaxed when i'm chilled yeah. when it comes to me yeah. And, and and but you have to so, to to seek it. Yeah. Like for example, that's where we're sitting out here. Yeah. In in, in, in this space. Yeah. How how do you seek your art? How do I? Seek what, what are some of the hidden places that you go to find your art? Mm. Yeah. And but oh, you haven't even told us what are these things that form your art. So there's music. Yeah. Yes. There's music. Yes. There is well, I I. Double in design. Okay. What with, kind of design? Um, well, fashion design and styling. Yeah. Um, my sister is like uh, such a killer fashion, um, like fashion artist. Like she's just like is a genius actually. She's like a genius. So um, yeah, I've been working with her for several years, like designing concepts for outfits and like different, um, like all my shows, like we make the clothes ourselves and like um, it. Uh, we're into this DIY thing because true punk. <laughs> so it's like if you if you want if you can see it in your mind, yeah. you can create it out there. Mm-hmm. That's what I so love about it. Yeah. Like because um, it's uh, like manifestation, like of the right there. Yeah. Um, so fashion, music. Yeah, fashion, music, yeah. and what else do I do? I like I like to write. I'm, what do I wouldn't write? call myself a writer, okay. but I do write poetry. Um, that's when I, especially when I when I find myself in a creative block, um, I really like seek poetry and like write a lot of poetry. It helps me like loosen up. Okay. And how do you deal with blocks? Because personally, I am of two opinions. The first one is very controversial to a lot of people. I mean, in the sense, if you want to write, write. Mm-hmm. That's like it. just take a piece that of paper or whatever it is, put the yeah. stuff. If you wanna sing, sing. Yeah. That's so it. <laughs> by that definition there's no block. There's no yeah, I'm so I'm I'm totally like of that opinion. Yes. Um, but the opposite is also true because I feel like you remember the the I don't know what I don't remember what it's called. I, I think it's psycho movement mm. or uh, working with nature. Yeah. There are times when you get overwhelmed, uh, and you get overwhelmed for many reasons. Life happens, uh, all these things happen. But then sometimes you just need a break from it. That's yeah. why we're sitting here. It, it fills your spirit. So on one hand, yes, there's no block. But then if you're overwhelmed, you're tired, you, you, you've exhausted yourself, you need nurturing. For, yeah. for, for two years, I didn't write any piece of poetry at all. But then again, uh, when, I, when I got to 30, 32 years old, I lost all my work. 
wow. I've done all my life. Everything that I've worked on wow, that's amazing. Just, just disappeared. But then that's the story of Mark Twain too. I mean, he got on a train with all his books and stuff. Yeah. Got lost and he came wow. to write all this awesome stuff after. Yeah. So, because I think sometimes we use this, especially that, mm. because imagine you go to an accountant or a doctor and say, oh, today I have a block, I can't treat you. Yes. Never happened. Yeah. Totally. So why is an artist you? I feel like it's a crunch, it's an excuse. It really is. I think it is. Ways. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that, like, again, like, if you want, if, if, if even truly, yeah. like, you you think that you're creatively blocked, yeah. like, you're going to find a way to release that, like, blockage. Yeah. And when you release that blockage, you realize that it wasn't really a blockage. Yeah. It was more just, like, your ego. Like, at least I know myself when I have a creative block, yeah. it's because I want to create something perfect from the get-go. Like, I want... When when it like when I look at the page, it's like wow, that is genius, sis. But at the end of the day, like I feel like there's um, there's this expression that wants to come out. Like these trees, they grow because they like they they want to grow. Like they're seeking the sun. Like they, it ha- like this expression wants to come out of them. These leaves want to come out of them. Um, the roots want to spread. And um, myself, I I find that like when I when I'm having creative block, it's mostly because I'm distracting myself from what what comes naturally, from this need to be like to seek the sun, the need to like um, go out and look for inspiration. Um, that's a lot of the reason why I'm traveling currently because. Um, I used to I was I was in my head a lot um, and I was having a creative block because I was in my head trying to um, come up with inspiration from inside from a deep place that was so perfect you know um, and then like I realized that I there's nothing like I couldn't see anything that was um, like sparked any sort of like creative impulse and it was just because of where uh, my environment and I had to remove myself from my environment my comfortable environment and go out into the world and look for new stories and like make a new story out of my life also um, and like learn something new and create like open up my my creative um, like centers in my brain um, through like just like leaving the house like going outside talking to people like meeting new people and um, yeah, like it's crazy how it just in the past three months I'm getting um, I'm, my style of playing has changed. My uh, my vocal technique has changed. My the way that I write, I've written like so much new music, and I also went through a similar thing where I lost like I lost my instruments and I lost my um, all my material from years and years, um, and a lot of work has I've been like really like holding on to. I lost it all. How did you lose this stuff? Um, through just life experience, it's crazy. Like my guitars, um, I like had a nice little collection going, and then um, at the beginning of the year, um, I got like evicted from my house, and these auctioneers came and they took everything. And um, so, like a lot of my my path has been learning non-attachment because I realized if I attach myself to the stuff. like this stuff, I wouldn't like get to the deeper thing and that's what I mean by again like there's some there's so much more deeper than these clothes that we wear and losing losing those things has helped me like yeah let go and like create space for some new inspiration something that's like even better than what I imagined and for sure like my life is outrageously unbelievably like 
brilliant. All the like um, when I when I when I when I just like step outside, when I can step outside the house and just like um, like open my eyes, yeah. like I'm always surrounded by like such incredible experiences. You've been listening or watching to King Stories by Dan Dua, and I want to thank all of you for listening. If, we, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. So I want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Kenyan Stories. If you have somebody you think should be featured on Kenyan Stories, please reach out. All the info is on the description box below. Also, please share this with your family, friends, colleagues, anybody that you think needs to listen to some of these stories. And remember, I also do another podcast called Conversation with Daniel. You are also remember to get uh, one of the three books that are out right now. So Uzuri by Daniel Dua Stunning Women in Nairobi, a celebration of, of women in my city in Nairobi. Uzuri 2 Unbalanced. And of course, there is Word in Love Poetry by Daniel Dua, all on Amazon. Also, check out shopping links on, on the show notes here and support this show in that way or in any way you feel driven and appreciated but in most most of all remember these are the stories over time and these are our stories my name is daniel Dua. have an awesome one till the next one peace